Somebody sent me some humor, and here it is. It's kind of corny, but here it is. They said they wanted to go jogging this morning, but Proverbs 28 and 1 says that the wicked run when no one is chasing them. So there goes that. Happy Father's Day to all of you men, all of you kiddos that came out, grandkids to support your dads. Thank you for coming. I'm going to just talk to you out of my spirit this morning, and I do appreciate you being here. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to talk today about how to earn respect. You know, when we're young and we're kids, we all played a game. And this game that we played was basically called Watch Me. And whether we were riding on a tricycle or we were riding on a bicycle or we were jumping on a trampoline or diving in a pool, all of us kids told our mamas and our daddies, we said, watch me. Watch me. If you were swinging as a child, you wanted your parents to watch you. Or watch me, mama. Watch me, papa. Anybody ever done that? Sure you have. We all have. Watch me. Watch me do this. And as adults, as adults, we continue to play that game. We continue to say, watch me by the cars that we drive. Watch me. We continue to play it by watch me with the clothes that I wear. Watch me with the jewelry that I have. We continue to play that game and we say, watch me go on these vacations. Watch me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Why do we do that? Because every one of us in this room, every person in this room, we all crave respect. All of us crave respect. And you know what God says about that? God says that it's okay to want to be respected. In fact, all of us need, we have a need to be respected. It's part of our self-esteem. This is what Proverbs 22 and 1 says. This is the King James Version a good, a good name is rather to be chosen than loving favor rather than silver or gold. My daddy made me memorize that scripture as a child. A good name is to be chosen rather than loving favor and rather than silver or gold. Another version says it like this. A good name is a better choice than riches and esteem is better and more valuable than money. We all want respect. And so I got to thinking, since we all want respect, why don't we talk about on Father's Day how to earn it? How do we earn respect? How do we earn something that we all crave? Well, Here's what I've learned, that your self-worth is more important than your net worth. 
And esteem is actually more valuable than even money. And the Bible says this, that a good reputation is built on character, not image. If you're old like me, then you know a name, Madonna. And Madonna was a famous singer. And Madonna, during the 80s and the 90s, could change her image better than anybody with just one video. She was a master at image. But God says while we spend so much time trying to build our image, that's not the key. The Bible says that the real key is to build our character. It's not about image because this society is all about your image. But God says what really matters is our character. So I thought it would be appropriate this morning to talk about how do we earn respect since we all crave it. Here's the first one. Speak with integrity. Speak with integrity. Since 1946, there started a list, a list started in America of the most admired men in America. And one name has been on that list more than any other name, and that is Billy Graham. Billy Graham has been voted in the top 10 of the most admired men 61 different times more than any president, more than any other man alive. Why is that? Because we believe that Billy Graham, what he says in private is what he lives in public. And what he lives in public is what he lives in private. And that is a definition of integrity. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you, but we live in a society that basically thinks it's okay to have a private life to have a public life, a work life, and then a church life. And what I am saying is, is that's not the way God wants us to live our life. He does not want us to live our life in silos. He wants us to live our public life and our private life as men and women of integrity. Integrity is consistency. One of the best things that I could tell all of you parents, if you were asking, what is a key in raising kids? And I would tell you consistency. I don't want to blow your wig off, but the music that I listen to in my house is the same music that I listen to on vacation or anywhere else. Molly, Molly hasn't seen any inconsistencies when it comes to the music that I listen to. In other words, I'm one way in De Quincey and I'm another way in Hawaii. That's not the way God wants us to live our life. That is not people of integrity. Just be who you are. Be who you are no matter where you are. Be a person of integrity that speaks with integrity. Because if you want to earn respect, then integrity doesn't just come about that you're being faithful on, you know, you're being faithful 28 days out of the month. No, it's 30 and 31 days out of the month that you are being faithful. Integrity is honesty. 
Here's Proverbs 17 and 17. It says this, that respected people do not tell lies. If you want to be respected, you need to speak with integrity. Now, most of us say, well, yes, I, I do that. Well, I'm going to just bring you a little list of some of the things that uh, we say, but they're really unkept promises. Just evaluate yourself. You ready? Uh, I'll get to that right away. Here's another one. I'll see to that myself. I'll return it as soon as I'm done with it. Mm. I'll pay you back as soon as I'm paid. I won't go out with anyone else but you. I'm going to be home at six, honey. I'll take you fishing, son. Someday. We're going to get involved in church real soon. I'll start tithing when I get my raise. And I'll die tomorrow. Anybody guilty? Parents, one of the best things you can do if you tell your children you're going to take them out to pizza at 6 o'clock on Friday night, do your best, barring a catastrophe, to honor your word. Because you want your kids to know you as people of integrity so that they will respect you. You know, it's. I want to ask you this question. How honest are you? How honest are you? Some of the time, most of the time, or all of the time? If you're honest, most of the time, is that integrity? If I looked at Janet and I said, Janet, I'm going to be faithful to you, baby, 29 days out of 30. Is that really faithfulness? Is that integrity? No, it's not. Faithfulness means that we are faithful all of the time. I want to remind you of what this good book, how we're going to be tested. It's not going to ask us, were you important? Were you wealthy? Were you very nice looking? Were you smart? It's going to ask, were you faithful? Were you faithful? Because when you're, when you're faithful, you're dependable. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not dependable, then nobody knows if you're going to show up to use it or not. If people are of integrity, they, they, they speak with integrity, they, they, they live with consistency, and they are dependable. Here's what the Bible says. To have confidence in a person that is not dependable is like a broken foot and a tooth, uh, like, a, like a broken tooth and a foot that is out of joint. In other words, it's painful. If you've ever had teeth problems or any of your joints have been broken, then you know it's painful. It is painful to depend on somebody that is not dependable. And God is saying, if you want respect, be dependable. If you want to earn respect, then you serve with intensity. Say, what does that mean? 
Serving just means using your time, your talent, your gifts, your money, your abilities for the benefit of others. I know a lot of hard workers, but they work to benefit themselves. Can I get a witness? Here's what Proverbs 14 and 22 says. You will earn respect and trust of others if you work for good. A lot of people's work just benefits them. But God wants you to go beyond just benefiting yourself to benefit others. Here's what Jesus says. He said this, if you want to be great, learn to be the servant of all. When you ask kids, when you ask kids this question, what do you want to be? I've never had a kid say, I want to be a servant. Most kids want servants. (laughs) Call mom and daddy. (laughs) Yeah, are you with me? I said, most kids want servants. It's just none of us want to be servants. And yet Jesus came down from heaven's glory to serve us. That's what real leadership is about, ladies and gentlemen. It is about serving others. You say, I want to be the spiritual uh, leader in my home. You're not going to be that griping and barking and demanding. You're going to be that serving your wife and serving your children. Well, that went over like a crocheted bathtub, but (laughs) I know us living this life is very different than the life that the world lives. The way Jesus says you earn respect and the way the world says it is totally opposite. See, most people want to serve God in great ways. I'm going to I'm going to be so bold to say something here. I'm not saying this to hurt anyone. I'm just... When I was growing up, my, uh, my job around the church, I mowed the church, I weeded the church. I uh, came to cut all the lights on and all the air conditioners on. And then after church, I cut them all off. And I uh, did that for years. Years, literally years, and uh, get paid? What? My daddy was like, son, you live in my house and eat my food. That's your pay. You get to live with me. And that's how my daddy thought. I didn't get paid for any of it. But you know what? God was teaching me faithfulness. Because if you can't be faithful in the little things... God can't trust you to put you on the stage. There's a number of people that, man, you know, they'd be excited about inviting them on a stage, but to cut off an AC after church, well, that's a little beneath them. You know, to, to ride a golf cart and transport people over, that's a little beneath them. And I, I just want to remind all of us, if God can't trust you with one dollar, he can't trust you with a hundred. If God can't trust you with the little things, he can't trust you with the much. And we're all about serving God in the big things, but God's saying, are you willing to do the little things? 
because small opportunities show up every day. You can open up a door. You can send somebody a text. You can write a card. You can give them a smile. You can pat them on the back. Quit looking for the big opportunities because the small ones show up every day. And if you want to serve God, here's how you serve God. You serve God by serving others. You serve God by serving others. Opening a door for somebody on a Sunday morning and greeting them with a smile. That's how you serve God. Because when you serve God's people, you're serving God. When you give to God's people, you're giving to God. How can I be a blessing? Whatever you've got, give it away. It may not be a $5 bill. It may not be a $50 bill, but it can be a kind word. It can be a text. It can be a phone call. It can be a pot of soup, but learn to give away what you have and what you make happen for others. God will make happen for you and what you give away, it will come back to you. Here's number three, if you want to earn respect, give with generosity. One of the great philanthropists of all times is Andrew Carnegie. When he died, they went into his office and inside his top desk drawer was a note that was written. It was his life gold. And here's what he wrote on this note. He said, I'm going to spend the first half of my life amassing as much money as I can. And I'm going to spend the second half of my life giving it all away. And that's exactly what he did. In the, in the height of the depression, in the, in the third, 29 and the early 30s, this man, Andrew Carnegie, gave away $450 million. I looked on Google and I said, what is the equivalent Back in 19 and 20, 19 and 30, what would be the equivalent of 450 million today? It would be $15 billion. This man gave the equivalent away of $15 billion. And one leader said it like this, and I like this quote. Do your giving while you're living, then you'll be knowing where it's going. I, I did when I was doing research for this message and I was looking, I, I got to looking a little deeper and I realized that um, Bill Gates started something that's called Sign the Giving Pledge. He started it back in 2010 and that is uh, for millionaires and billionaires to give their wealth away before they die. Over 170 millionaires and billionaires have signed this pledge to give away their fortunes before they die. And where they got that from is from Andrew Carnegie. Because Andrew Carnegie understood a principle that we are literally the happiest when we are giving something away. You're, you're not as happy uh, when you're getting something as when you are giving something. And to all the great men and to all the great women, please hear me this morning. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And I just wish I'd have learned that lesson a lot earlier. 
You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Because generosity is the essence of love. And so many people think the only way they can give is that they have a couple dollars in their pocket. I'm going to tell you, here's what the scripture says, that a word that is fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. When you get a word and you know it's from God and you give that word to somebody, it can literally make their day, their week, their month, because that's exactly what they needed to hear. Just learn, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you have and everybody in this room, you have something, give it away. I remember when I fell in love with Janet in my 20s, man, I used to, I started working and because the church wouldn't pay. (laughs) And that's the truth. Church don't pay. So I had to get a job. So I started a little business, me and my buddy, we started a little business and we made money and I it did pretty good for teenagers, but man, I'd take that money and I'd go and I'd spend it on Janet. Man, I'd buy her. We'd go to a nice restaurant and we would have a great evening together. We'd go to what was called the Wortham Center. And anyway, won't get into that, but I didn't have a problem, buddy, spending money on Janet. Woo. Especially, oh dear God, don't, I'm not going to say that. Stop me right there. Why? Why didn't I have a problem spending money? Because here's the deal. The essence of love is giving. The essence of love is giving. Here's what Psalm 112 and 9 says. He who gives generously to the needy and shows kindness will be powerful and respected. I want, I just want to just come alongside you and remind you that God cares for four people, cares for four groups of people. That is the immigrant, the orphan, the widow, and the poor. Please don't ever forget that. And when you give to the immigrant, the orphan, the widow, and the poor, God honors it, and he always will. As you read history, you will find that history rarely honors people for what they get. People are honored for what they give. Monuments are not built to takers. Monuments are built to givers. I read this the other day and I want to pass it on to you. Thought it was good. Here's what I read. It says there's really three kinds of givers. There's the flint, the flint. There is the sponge and there is the honeycomb. The flint will give you if you strike it hard enough. It'll give what it has, but you got to strike it hard. The sponge will give, but you got to squeeze it. But the honeycomb just gives it sweetness and it keeps giving. It keeps giving. I'm not in any way at all want to be hard or rude this morning, but are you a flint giver? And you got to be struck hard, hit hard. But eventually, if you're hit hard enough, you'll give. Are you a sponge giver? I got to just squeeze you. I mean, 
You'll, you'll, you'll give. Are you a honeycomb? Here it is. I want to give it to you. Here's what Bob Hope said. Great actor, great comedian. He said this. There's no, he said this. There is no generosity in your heart. If there's no generosity in your heart, you've got the worst kind of heart problems. So here's another way that we can earn respect. Number four is succeed with humility. Proverbs 29 and 23 says, Arrogance will bring your downfall, but if you are humble, you will be respected. Y'all, I came across some humor and I wanted to share it with you because I'm a Texan and there were two Texans. They were talking one day and one said, Hey man, what's the name of your ranch? He said, it's the flying W, circle C, kicking K, rocking R, around the world, over the rainbow ranch. (laughs) The guy said, man, that's really impressive. He said, you must have a pretty big spread. Man, you got a lot of cattle. He said, no, not really. He said, I only have a few. He said, most of them don't survive the branding. That's funny right there now. That's corny, but it's funny. <clears throat> Can I tell all of us men, ego is the enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, ego is the enemy. Here's what the Bible says. Clothe yourself in humility. The Bible says that before honor is humility. The Bible says pride comes before destruction. In other words, remember this. Be humble or you stumble. Remember the lesson of the well. Guys, remember the lesson of the well. When you get to the top, and you're ready to blow your spout, that's when you get harpooned. Hmm. You know, the way to earn respect is not to make people think that we are better than them or to make them think that we're smarter than them, better looking, have more money. That's not the way to earn respect. Actually, when you meet people who are always trying to impress you with how good they are, you're really not impressed. Humility endures you to others rather than trying to build a false image. So let me wrap this up. I told you about a gentleman a while ago. His name was Andrew Carnegie, one of the wealthiest men. But he had seven contemporaries that were very wealthy. And it is said of these seven men that at that time in the 20 and the 30s, these seven men together had actually amassed more wealth than, than even the U.S. government. That these seven men were wealthier in the 20s and 30s than what the U.S. government was. So these seven men decided to get together 
And they met at a very ritzy hotel called the Edge, uh, Edgewater Inn in Chicago. And uh, it was a meeting, they said, of the masterminds. Newspapers and various periodicals came to write about this particular meeting. And they wrote and they said that these men had amassed more wealth than any of the men in history and that you would do well, you would do well to follow after these men. Years later, somebody did a little bit of research on these seven men. And I'm going to share with you as I close their life. Charles Schwab was the president of the largest independent steel country. And the last five years of his life, he lived on borrowed money and he died penniless. There was another man in that group. He was one of the greatest commodity brokers who ever lived. And he died alone, unable to pay his debts. Richard Whitney, the president of the New York Stock Exchange, spent time in prison. Albert Fall, a member of the president's cabinet, was pardoned from prison so that he could die at home. Kasabi Livermore, a Wall Street baron, committed suicide. Leon Frazier committed suicide. And Ivan Cougar committed suicide. These seven men knew how to make a living, but they didn't know how to make a life. It's one thing to make a buck. And it's another thing to make a difference. And if you, if you want to be a person that is respected and we all crave respect, how do I get that? Number one, speak with integrity. Number two, serve with intensity. I am Gently pleading with everyone under the sound of my voice. Please don't walk into this building and ask, what can I get? Walk into this building and ask, what can I give? Learn to live your life with an open hand. Guys, I'm going to encourage you. When you go to El Toucan, you be the first one to open the door for your girlfriend, your wife, your grandmother, or a member of this church, or a member in the community. You be the first one. When you go out to eat, I'm going to encourage you again, even if you don't get the greatest of service because you're a child of God, would you tip well? Would you look around and would you say, what? What can I give? Because everybody in this room, here's what I know. you got gifts, you got talents, you got abilities. And when we all stand before the Lord, God's not going to judge us on what we don't have. He's going to judge us for what he gave us. Would you stand with me this morning? To all of our great men, before you go, there's men, maybe some of you men, before you go, I want you to hear me. Maybe you've had some false starts in your life. Maybe somebody in here, you've had some failed, a failed marriage. 
Maybe you've made some mistakes. I'm sure there's some guys in here, I know there are, that spent some time in prison. Maybe you've had what you consider some major failures in your life and you think, nobody could respect me. I'm damaged goods. I want to tell you as your pastor, looking you eyeball to eyeball, that is a lie. That is a lie. It's not about where you come from as important as where you're going. And I'll never forget, never forget what Janet told me that day. She was, she was working for a dentist, Dr. Dennard in Bay City. She was in extremely humble housing. And that particular day, she couldn't get a ride. And Dr. Dennard said, I'll take you, Janet. And Janet begged him, said, no, please don't. I'll walk. He said, you're not going to walk. She said, I'm telling you, please, Dr. Dinner, don't take me. He said, yes, get in the car. I'm taking you home. Dr. Dinner took my sweet wife to that humble abode. And Janet was crying. And the dentist looked at her and said, Janet, this may be where you live, honey, but this is not who you are. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. It, you may have come from a rough past, but I'm going to tell you, do not let your past define who you are. Do not let it define who you are. The question is, where are your feet pointed today? And if you said, I didn't have a good father that gave me a good example, then here's what I want to say to you men. Then you rise up today and you declare, I am going to be that man of integrity that's going to speak with integrity, that's going to serve with intensity, that's going to give generously. And when I succeed, I'm going to walk in humility. They say that man is the only animal that when you give him a compliment, his head swells. Come on, men. Let's remember that everything that we have, every good gift that we possess has come down from heaven to be a blessing to us. And the only thing we're going to take to heaven is our character. I love you. I love you. I love you. But you're not going to take that beautiful truck to heaven. And you're not going to take that nice mattress to heaven. And you're not going to take that four-wheeler to heaven. And you're not going to even take your 4013 to heaven. The only thing we're going to take to heaven is our character. Father, I thank you for these great men. I thank you for this great service. I know that we all as men crave respect. Now, how do we earn it? We earn it by speaking with integrity. By serving with intensity, by giving generously, and by walking in humility. Lord, I pray for every man that didn't really have a great start. Lord, I just pray that today, Lord, they would decide today that they are going to be men that will, Lord, walk in your word, and that will be men who earn respect. And they're going to be the father and the dad that they never had. And Lord, I give you thanks and I give you praise in Jesus' name. 
And everybody say amen. amen. Would you just stand right there and Kaylee's going to sing before you go. And would you just lift up your hands and ask the Lord to help us, all of us, men, women, children, youth. Would you raise up your hands? You're a good, good father. 